Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't we go straight to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord God, we thank you so much for this day of life, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. And we shall rejoice and be also glad in it, O oh Lord God. We thank you so much for a, a new year, another new season, O oh Lord God. And we pray that in the name of Jesus that we shall go forward into this new season, following your word and letting Holy Spirit minister to all of us. Heavenly Father, I pray, O oh Lord God, that Holy Spirit will minister to all that are listening out there, O oh Lord. Touch them in your own special way, O oh Lord. Heavenly Father, you know the needs, you know the desires, you know what's going on in their lives, O oh Lord God. So I pray that today you shall speak to them in your own special way. Bless them and touch them, O oh Lord God. This I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 again. Pastor Mike here, as I said, and, and uh, welcome to this wonderful new year or new season, as I love to call it, because it is indeed a new season for all of us, and we're going to see God doing new things in our lives. And uh, I won't revisit the last week's message and everything like that, but, but still thinking about the uh, new year and the new season and how we go forward, uh, which we talked about before, and how God is going to do a new thing we must make sure that we continue to have strong faith, all right? Continue to have strong faith because faith will be required and in some case, faith will be tested, all right? So we need to remember that as we go into this new season. In order to make sure that we are operating in faith, we must have a clear understanding of faith and how it can operate in our lives. So we want to start with some basics. Let's go to Proverbs uh, 23, verse uh, number 7. Proverbs 23, verse number 7. Okay, and it simply says in one verse, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. Please underline that. Let me just pause for a moment and say, by the way, if you don't have your Bible, why don't you hit pause, go and get your Bible, get a marker, a pencil, you know, pen, piece of paper to take some notes on as Holy Spirit so guides. You'd be surprised how these scriptures will come back to help you later on. Amen. So 23.7 again is, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Right, so is he. As a man thinks, so he, he, so he is. You must see yourself succeeding before you can succeed. All right. You must see yourself succeeding before you can succeed. So how we, we think is a very, very important thing is where it says therefore as he thinks so is he is is a state of being verb it means that this is how you are in that particular point in time how do you feel okay i am okay okay well i is okay that's bad grammar but is is a verb it's a state of being so as a man thinks in his heart so is he so that's how you're going to be that's how you're going to be living it's how it's how you're thinking you know so therefore as you think or as you believe that's how you're going to be. That's how you're going to wind up living and leading your life. You must see yourself succeeding before you can succeed. You must see yourself succeeding before you can succeed. We as human beings, we think in pictures, you know. We think in pictures. If you say the word apple, you envision an apple. You don't envision A-P-P-L-E. We as human beings, we think in, in pictures. An architect imagines a building before it is even built. An architect has in his mind's eye and his imagination, if you will, what this building will look like, what he wants it to look like. 
he will imagine it in his heart. And then he works at producing this thing in, in drawings, in terms of drawings which can later on be constructed. Amen? So again, we as human beings, we think in terms of pictures. Therefore, we must go beyond traditional Christian thinking to understand the deeper things of God. You got to get away from traditional Christian thinking if we're really going to get into and understand the deeper things of God. It's time to get tired of religion and religious thinking. We got to throw that out with 2023. Get away from religious quote unquote thinking. This is what Jesus did during his ministry on earth to set the Jews free from the pharisaical thinking of the time. Okay. Now the Pharisees, as you know, you know, they were the ruling class, you know, the, the ruling religious class of, of, of the day, you know, and they had all of these, these precepts and things that they were prescribing, you know, and it was based on the Mosaic law. But what Jesus was talking about was entirely something different. This is why the Pharisees were so often at odds with Jesus, because they simply could not understand where he was coming from. He was breaking all of the molds, you know, that the Pharisees had put in place because of quote unquote religion. And we need to make sure that we stop thinking in terms of quote-unquote religion because man-made philosophies, man-made dogma has crept into, in, into, into the quote-unquote religious world, if you will, and has taken us way away from where, where Jesus wants us to be. So we need to make sure that we are truly Christian, in other words, followers of Christ and not followers of religion. If you want to get into the really deeper things of God, you've got to break that mold in your mind. So therefore... If as you think or as you believe, that is how you are going to be true. If that is true, then we must consider our faith and how we think it or manage it. All right. Let me say it again. We must consider our faith and how we think it or management. Now, here's a hypothetical story. Okay. Imagine two men in a thick, dense forest. Both men are looking for food and water and are desperately hoping for someone to come and rescue them because they're lost. They realize that in order to survive, they must have water. They might be able to survive without food for a while, but they realize that water is an absolute necessity. Without water, as you know, rapid dehydration followed by death would be a certainty. So they realize that. The men agree, therefore, well, let's split up and go in different directions to seek water. And then we'll come back to this place here to compare what we found. All right. So you realize they need water. Say, so, okay, let's split up. Let's go in different directions to find water. And then we'll come back here and we'll meet and discuss what we found. Each man finds water at a different location. Okay. Now let's call them location A and let's call them location B. And they both sample the water that is there. They meet back at the camp and report on what they found. Since the streams of water are in different locations, okay, okay, they're, they're different locations, each man feels that their location is the best place and that they should start, and then they wind up start arguing over which one to go to, okay? Each one says location A is better, the other guy says location B is better, and they start arguing with where they should go. They don't realize that the two locations are not that far apart, but their argument gets heated, it gets hotter and hotter, and then finally they decide, okay, later for this, Let's go our separate ways. I'll go to location A and you go to location B. All right. So each man goes up and sets up a new camp by their respective locations. They decide to live their lives separately and vow to not seek each other out unless rescue comes. All right. So they really get angry with each other and they say, okay, you go there. I'll go to my place and you go to your place. And I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to see you. Let's not even talk to each other unless someone comes to rescue us. Then we'll get back together again. 
So over time, each man living at their separate locations now, the man who is drinking from the stream in location A, he winds up regaining his strength and he survives and he winds up getting rescued. When the rescuers searched for the man who drank and set up camp at location B, they were shocked and they were dismayed to find that that man had died. When they went to location B, they found that that man had died. He had food and shelter, but he did not live to see the rescuers. Drinking from the stream at this location had killed him. Drinking from the stream at this location, it killed him. The rescuers wondered why he had died. So they analyzed the water. The water was tainted with a tasteless and odorless substance that made the water poisonous. The man had been drinking poisoned water. Okay. The other man was drinking clear, clean, healthy water. The other man in location B had been drinking poisoned water and they wound up, wound up killing him. So what does this little story have to do with our Christian walk? Okay. Nice little bit of imagination there. But what does that have to do with our Christian walk? Well, it, it has plenty to do. Many times we as Christians are just like these two men in this fictitious forest. Both streams of water were indeed water. Both streams of water were indeed water. Both were cool and refreshing to the touch and taste, but one was life-giving and the other was life-taking. What made the difference was the substance of the water. What made the difference was the substance of the water or what the water was made up of. The poisonous water had ingredients that were destructive and led to death. The other water had only ingredients that would lead to life. But both were water. Both were water. Okay? Both were bodies of water. But one had, 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 had uh, good, you know, healthy you know, uh, ingredients, if you will, of elements in it, while the other one had poisonous elements in it. But they were indeed both water. Well, so it is with our faith. The same thing applies with our, with our faith. When we have faith or strong belief in something, it means that we have an unyielding focus, a fixation on, and confidence in what our faith will bring to pass. Amen? What that faith is based on is Christ. Amen? That faith is based on Christ. When faith is in Jesus Christ, we are, in essence, drinking of healthy, life-sustaining water. Okay? If our faith is based on Jesus, we're drinking of healthy, life-sustaining water. When that faith becomes poisoned, however, when that faith becomes poisoned, it steers us away from victory and life and leads us to defeat and death. Healthy, strong faith and poisoned faith are both faith, but one is poisoned. Okay, let me understand that and say that again. Healthy, strong faith based on Jesus and poisoned faith, they're both faith. Okay, they're both faith, but one faith is poisoned. So what could be poisoning to our faith? Okay, that faith that is poisoned faith, what is it that, that, that makes it poisonous? In the natural, there are many types of things that could poison water. Okay, in, in the real physical, the natural physical world, there are many things indeed, indeed that could poison water. The same is true from a spiritual point of view. So what could be poisoning our faith? The question is then. Okay, if this is true, then what could be poisoning our faith? One very strong poison to our faith is fear. Okay, let me make that clear and say it again. One very strong poison to our faith is fear. This spirit of fear and having fear has been touched on in many several, in many sermons over the past uh, few months. We've talked about this before. 
This tells me then that Holy Spirit wants to dwell on it for a bit because fear can manifest in so many ways in our lives, especially as Christians. Okay, it can manifest itself so many ways. And this is this is what poisons our faith. And we'll get into this bit more. According to scripture, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. You've heard me quote that scripture before. But when we allow fear to enter into our lives, it enters in into our faith and our faith becomes poisoned. We allow fear to enter into our lives. It gets into our faith and therefore our faith becomes poisoned. Our faith was normally would be based on Jesus Christ. We let fear in, then our fear winds up becoming poisoned. The interesting thing about fear is that old spirit works in the same manner that faith does. Okay, let me repeat that again now. The interesting thing about fear is that old spirit, that old spirit of fear, it comes and enters in the same manner and operates, I should say, it operates the same way that faith does. Fear, that spirit of fear, operates the same way that faith does. When one is operating in the spirit of fear, the focus is on the negative things that might happen in life. Okay? okay? When you're operating in fear, you're focusing on the negative things that might happen in your life. It winds up becoming a fixation. So therefore, there's a fixation on and a confidence in the fact that things will go wrong. Okay? So you become so fixated on this fear and what possibly could happen, you become hung up on this. You know, you're latched to it. All of these bad things that could possibly happen to you. And you wind up saying, in a matter of fact, you know, you get so fixated on it. You don't think that it could possibly happen. You're saying that it will happen. These bad things will happen to me. When fear gets in and you get fixated on it, you wind up thinking that these things will indeed happen. You forget about what the word of God says now. You forget about God's promises, but you're focusing on the fact that this, oh gosh, this is going to happen to me. There is always a fear of the worst thing happening, you know, or that the worst things are going to happen to me in this life. This is the same process as God type faith. Amen. This is the same process as God type faith, but it is not focusing on the promises of God and does not hold on to the word of God, who is Jesus Christ. There's a difference. Faith is faith. However, faith is faith. Now, understand what I'm saying. Faith is faith. Would you believe that satanic worshipers also have faith? Okay. Faith is faith. Faith is when you just know something is going to happen. Positive God faith is you knowing and knowing and knowing that you know that what God says in the word, in his word, is indeed true. And that's what's going to happen in, in your life. And you've got strong faith in that. Okay. Satanic worshipers have that same faith. They have that same faith. They believe and they are fixated on and have confidence in the things of evil and darkness. They have the same, the same we have a fixation and belief on Jesus Christ. They have the same faith and, and fixation on things that are of uh, darkness or Satan. Faith is faith. It takes just as much faith to believe in or trust in a rock or a tree or any demonic symbol or object. It takes faith for them to believe in a rock or tree or any other demonic symbol or personage or whatever. Okay, it takes faith for them to believe on that. Occultic practices are based on faith. Occultic practices are based in faith. The faith is in the belief that the rituals and incantations, demonic incantations, will bring about the desired result. Okay, so the satanic devil worshiper, he has faith indeed. 
He believes with all of his being, with every fiber of his being, that those the demonic incantations and the rituals and things he's performing is going to bring about his desired result, evil. He believes that. So he has faith in that. And there's strong faith. Of course, we know that this kind of faith is based on evil and is a product of the devil or and he's our adversary, obviously. So if fear is faith, so if fear is faith, that has been poisoned. Okay, let's get fear then is faith that has been poisoned. It's been poisoned by the darkness, you know, by the the, 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 the darker um, uh, things that they do in, in occultic circles and satanic, uh, worship, you know, worshiping and so forth like that. And fear is, a, is it brings all that on. So if fear is faith that has been poisoned, how does this poison get introduced into our water of faith? An agent that is odorless, tasteless and very subtle introduces this poison. It often goes unnoticed. This agent is doubt. This is how fear gets introduced into our faith. And why is it poisoning it? That agent to introduce that faith, that 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 uh, poisoned faith, is doubt. Doubt drives fear. Satan uses doubt to impregnate our waters of faith with fear. He does this by simply planting a thought to make us doubt the validity of God's word. So subtle, it's so subtle, odorless, tasteless, so subtle. He plants doubt in our minds to twist what God has told us to do. We go to Genesis 3, 1, uh, Genesis 3, verse 1. We see some very, very familiar scriptures here. Genesis 3, verse number 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, has God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, unless you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. See, there he is, denying God's word, contradicting God's word, right? This is what he does in our lives. Something you're praying for, something you're hoping for, something you're believing God for, and you're saying to yourself repeatedly, God said, God said, God said, God said, and the devil comes in right away and contradicts that word that you're hearing from God. You're not going to really get that job. You're not going to really be healed. That person is not really going to come to love you. That person, this, that person, that, this situation, that, and it's going, everything is counter to what God said. She said, Eve said, God said, you shall not eat of it, unless, neither shall you touch it unless you die. What did the devil say in the form of the serpent here? Said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. For God does know that in the days that you eat thereof, that your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her and he did eat. Okay, so you see what happened there. God's word was given to her and she clearly understood God's word. She had faith in God's word. She was staying away from the tree until this devil came along and planted doubt in her mind. 
And when the doubt was planted, it says there in verse number six, and when she saw the tree that was good for food and that it was pleasing to the eyes, okay? There's a little shiny object that I always talk about that the devil likes to dangle in our faces as a distraction to get you away from what God is telling you to do. It's pleasing to the eyes. It's pleasing to the eyes, you see? See, so, so the devil will let things come across in our lives that look pleasing to us. You know, God has said to you that I'm going to give you this job. I'm going to promote you this position and you're going to have A, B, C, D and so on like that. The devil comes along and says, ah, that's not going to work for you. You're not going to be able to carry out that job. Take this position over here. Look at this position. You'll have twice as much money. You'll have more influence. You know, you'll get to travel. You get to do this. You'll get to do that. But it's not what God wants you to do. So you wind up looking at that other job now instead of looking at the one that God is telling you about. You go looking at that other job and taking that because it's pleasing to the eyes. It's pleasing to your senses. It's pleasing to your thoughts. Oh, wow, more money. I get to travel. It's more prestige. People will know that I'm a big shot. All of those things are pleasing to the eyes. The devil dangles, loves to dangle little shiny objects in our lives to get us away from what God would want us to do. So we have to be careful, okay? It says it was pleasing to the eyes, and it was a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also to her husband, and he did eat, okay? So you see how the devil works there. He plants that doubt. The devil tried to think the same thing with Jesus when he, uh, uh, Jesus was in the, um, in the wilderness there for 40 days. When he was fasting in the 40 days, the devil came upon Jesus three times. Each time, Jesus hit him with the word of, with the word of God to counter what he was doing. But in those steps, the devil was trying to make Jesus doubt who he was because he said there in many of his, if his salvos he threw at Jesus there, you know, if you be the son of God, okay, if you be the son of God, Jesus knew full well who he was, but the devil even tried to plant that doubt in his mind. So if he did that in Jesus' mind, so if Jesus was attacked that way, you don't think we won't be attacked the same way? Okay, so that's what the devil does. All right. All right. He poisons. He poisons our faith by planting in that doubt. And then that doubt then opens the door for fear. Satan poisoned the garden by planting that doubt. And he used deception to get Eve to sin. As I said, Satan will use deception with us to poison our faith water. He used deception with us to poison our faith water. If he can get us to disbelieve or doubt the word of God, then fear takes over. Okay. When you start disbelieving the word of God, you start doubting what God is saying. This is when fear takes over. Why? Because when you start doubting what the word of God says, then it means that all of your confidences in God start, start dwindling. Okay. Start dwindling. The mere thought of God protecting you, the mere, the mere thought of Holy Spirit being in you to give you words to speak when you need them, the mere fact of knowing that Jesus, Jesus is with you, if he can get you to doubt that or disbelieve that, okay, then he is indeed, he's poisoned your faith. He's poisoned your faith. And this is what he loves to do. Okay? All right? This is what he loves to do. He causes us to feel insecure because if God's word isn't true, if God's word isn't true, then where's our hope? Where's our hope? If God's words are not true, then where's our hope? Where's our hope of salvation? Where's our hope of life in, uh, in, into eternity with God? Okay. If his words are not true, if his words are not true, how, how can I, I rebuke even the devil? How can I rebuke those demons when they come about me, come at me? How can I rebuke them in the name of Jesus if God's words are not true? Amen. Amen. 
That means that everything that God told us then, you know, about me succeeding, about me, you know, if I, if I'm down, you know, or if trials come my way that I can't, I can't be victorious. Then, if all of those things are not true, then where is our hope? Where is our hope gone to? Okay, this is when our faith indeed becomes poisoned. The faith that was once God focused now becomes a faith that is focused on defeat, destruction, and failure. Fear is faith that has been poisoned. Okay. That's what fear is. It's faith that has been poisoned. If you have strong faith, then there is no fear. But if that fear gets into your faith, then your faith has become poisoned. So we have to choose whether or not we want to let our faith be poisoned. We have to choose. And it's a matter of attitude. It's a matter of attitude. Choose to not accept the poisons of fear, stress, and anxiety. Just refuse to accept them. Once you realize in your heart of hearts, in your spirit, deep within your spirit, where this fear comes from, where this doubt comes from, where this anxiety comes from, then you as a child of God, if you're a Christian and you know this is something that the devil is sending your way, why would you accept it? Why would you accept it? Okay. If you saw a demon knocking at your front door there and you could look through the people and you see it's a demon out there and he's got a package in his hand, would you open that door and accept it? Okay. It's the same thing with us and knowing who and where fear comes from and worry and anxiety. So we have to choose not to accept it. We have to choose to not let our faith be poisoned. Okay. It's almost like, you know, you, you have your house there and, and, and you're in your house and, and you've got some nice, you know, aromatic candles burning and stuff like that. I, I love candles. My wife and I burn scented candles a lot. It's just like the way it makes the house smell. That's all, you know. And, and your house is smelling nice and so forth. And, and then, you know, this demon is out there and he's got this package in your hand, in his hand. And, and you can see from the package that you can see that this thing is just reeking. You know, it's almost like in the cartoons, you know, you see the little waves of smell going up, going up off the box there. You know, he's got this box in his hand and you open that door and you let him in your house. You let him bring that stinking, fermented, reeking box into your house. You let him bring it into your house then all of that lovely scent of those nice scented candles that you had burning, all of a sudden, it gets just filtered away. Okay? It, it just overtakes the, the, the nice odors or the nice fragrance that you had in your house. It pollutes your house with this stench. Well, that's what things of darkness do to us if we're not careful. If we accept and if we choose to accept those things, those, those fears, those doubts that the devil tries to sow into our lives and start believing that they're true and that they're really going to come to reality, then that means that our wonderful, lovely, scented house then gets polluted. And this is the pollution of our faith. That's the poison that we can allow to come into our faith if we are not careful. It's all about choices. It always is from the very beginning. It's all about choices. You have to choose to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. God the Father doesn't force Jesus down our throats. He, he sent Jesus, came in to do a purpose with a, with, a, with a mission there. He set us free from the dominion of darkness and sickness and death. But at the cross there, he defeated the enemy. And then he, we have to choose. So do not let the devil poison your faith by planting doubt and fear into your life. Making this choice requires pure faith, not poisoned faith. Fear is indeed poisoned faith. Strong fear can become your faith because you always expect things to go wrong. Okay? You always expect things to go wrong. You just have a feeling always that something's going to go wrong. You know? 
You ever get in the car, you know, to go to work or to go someplace and you get in the car and, and you, you start the engine up and you're about to back out of your driveway there and then you say, I feel like I, I forgot something, you know, and you pat your pie, I got my wallet, I have my keys, I have my money, this and that, and this and that, you know. But there's this feeling that you forgot something, okay? So when you get to the point that your, your, your faith is so poisoned, you're always expecting something to be wrong. You're expecting it. Oh, I'm going for this job interview, but I'm probably not going to get it. Huh. Okay. okay. I'm going in to meet this, to meet this young lady, you know, that I really like, you know, but she's probably not going to respond to me. Or this, this guy that I really like, you know, he's not going to respond to me. You're just expecting everything to go wrong. You know? I even tell my wife, you know, she's going out to the store. We're going out to the store and she's trying to catch a sale and everything like that. And, and if she says, gee, it was so late in the day, by the time we get there, the sale will probably be over. I say, why confess that, honey? Why confess that? Don't confess that. It'll be over. So we can't go through life expecting things are not going the way we want them to go. Because if, especially if God has given us something, uh, given us a promise or has told us that this is what I'm going to do for you, then we cannot, you cannot think that everything is going to go wrong. Because when it happens, you end up having faith that things will always go wrong for you. You understand what I'm saying there? Because this is indeed, you know, wind up, fear is your faith. When you wind up thinking in your life that something is indeed going to go wrong, then that fear is becoming your faith because you are having faith in the fact that things will go wrong. You understand what I'm saying there? Okay. You're having that. You just know that you know that you know that something is going to go wrong. Then that is indeed your faith, and so that fear that fear becomes your faith because you're always expecting things to go wrong. Okay, God faith, God based faith is you always expecting that God's word will be done in your life. You just know that you know you know you know that God's will will be done in your life. Fear based faith or poison faith is faith that everything will go wrong, that nothing will go right, okay? That's when doubt and fear gets into your life and poisons your faith in God, all right? So we can't let that fear become our faith. So how do we prevent our faith from being poisoned? Well, by knowing what God is saying to you, all right? That's how we can do it. How do we prevent our faith from being poisoned? By knowing what God is saying to you. Let's go to Deuteronomy 30. And starting with verse one, we have a lot of scripture here and we've been here before also, but let's unpack what it's telling us here. And it shall come to pass when all these things are come upon thee, the blessing and the curse, God's talking to Israel here about how they should be living their lives. Uh, the blessing and the curse, which I have set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations, whither the Lord thy God has dri driven thee, and shall return unto the Lord thy God, and shall obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, thou and thy children, with all thine heart and with all thy soul, that then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee, and will return and gather thee from all the nations whither the Lord thy God has scattered thee. If any of thine be driven out into the outmost parts of heaven, from thence will the Lord thy God gather thee. And from thence will he fetch thee. And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed. And thou shalt possess it. And he will do good. And he will do thee good. And multiply thee above thy fathers. 
And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul that thou mayest live. And the Lord thy God will put all these curses upon thee. And the Lord thy God will put all these curses upon thine enemies, rather. Let me read that again, verse 7. And the Lord thy God will put all these curses upon thine enemies and on them that hate thee, which persecuted thee. And thou shalt return and obey the voice of the Lord and do all his commandments which I command thee this day. This, understanding these scriptures here will help us to keep our faith from being poisoned. And the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thine hand, in the fruit of thy body, in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy land for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good as he rejoiced over thy fathers. So here he's basically saying that I'm going to bless everything that's in your life. Okay, I'll make you plenty, plenteous. You'll have plenty. You'll have abundance in every work of thine hand. So it means everything that you set your hand to do. Do you realize that God is telling you if you're following his commandments that he's going to make you successful in all that you set your hand to do, whatever you decide to do? Okay. That's why it's so important. I mean, whatever you, you, you are embarking on doing that, you, you, you pray and just talk to God, you know, going to work. You get a task before you at work that you're not sure of how to do, that you talk to God. He said, God said, it, you will succeed in everything you set your hand to do. Okay. I pray about fixing something around the house. So I say, oh, Lord, help me to fix this. Okay. I, <laughs> I, had, a, I had a gas jet on the stove that got clogged. Probably all of the, during the holidays, all the cooking we were doing, it's all like that. One of them jets got clogged on the front burner there, the front burner. And I heard the clicking from the power, the, uh, what do you call it, the pilot light. I'm sure you, many of you may know what I'm talking about. And, but I turned on the gas and nothing would, it wouldn't light. You know, if you put one of those little uh, candle lighters uh, in front of it, it would light. So I knew the gas was flowing, but yet there was something with the pilot light that wasn't igniting the gas. Okay. Now, I am not a, electrician or anything like that or any someone that deals with gas and everything and so i literally prayed i literally prayed lord help me to fix this help me to figure out and find out what's going on help me to figure it out what's going on god showed me what to do to make a long story short i wound up sticking a pin into the near where the pilot light is and the thing relit but what i'm saying to you is that you have to have the presence of mind that whatever you want to set your hands to do, make sure you just pray about it. Because God said that I will make you plenteous in every work of thine hand. So it means that whatever you're doing, you'll be successful in it. But bring God into the picture and have the faith, have the faith, have the faith, have the, the, the water of faith, if you will, knowing that whatever you bring to God, he will help you to accomplish it. It's as simple as that. Okay, this keeps the devil out of the picture. Verse 9 again, and the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thine hand, in the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy cattle. That means that in these days, yeah, they had farms, the farms, you know, they, they were owners of cattle and things like that, that the fruit of the cattle, the, the, the cattle would give birth, you know, to healthy animals and so on like that. In the fruit of thy body, the fruit of thy cattle, cattle in the fruit of thy land. If you're a farmer raising crops, okay, you'll be successful there for good. For the Lord will gain, will again rejoice over thee for good as he rejoiced over thy fathers. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes which are written in this book of the law, and if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul. So you see, so that's the requirement. 
We want to keep our faith from being poisoned and we make sure that we're following the word of God because God has already said here that he will make us plenty as we will be, we will have life abundantly as Jesus said. All right. But we have to remember that and we keep that forefront in our faith so that the devil does not come along and so doubt. If you start doubting these scriptures, if you start doubting the, what we've just read, if you start doubting what God is saying here, then you're opening the door for fear to come in. And once fear comes in, then your faith then becomes poisoned because you're going to start believing, oh boy, when I try to do this, and it's not going to work out. What if I felt that way when I went to fix that stove, the gas jet on there? Oh boy, this ain't going to work out. This ain't going to work out. It would not have worked out, I guarantee you. But it's having the faith that what God is telling me to do, it will indeed work out. And of course it did. So we cannot let our faith. You have to know that you know that you know that you know that God's word is true and what God is saying to you will indeed work out. Don't let that doubt and that fear come in to poison that faith. God goes on to say in verse number 11 here, for this commandment, which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee. Amen. It is not hidden. It is not hidden from thee. Neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou should say, well, who shall go up to heaven and bring it down to us that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou should say, who shall go over the sea for us and bring it back unto us that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very nigh. Nigh means near. The word is very near unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. Okay. In other words, the word that God is saying is not so far off, is not without our reach. Amen. Amen. So, so we cannot use the excuse, the excuse that, that, well, I didn't know, you know, you know, we can't use that excuse because it is right very close to us. It says there, it is very nigh thee. It is in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. Okay. In that my, in our mouths mean that it's there for you to confess, to speak it forth. It's there. It's in your mouth. It is written. Like Jesus told Satan, it is written. Okay. It's in your mouth. I rebuke you, spirit of infirmity, because with Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Amen. I rebuke you, spirit of fear, for the Lord has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. In your heart means that you know it. You get it deep down within your heart. Okay. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart that thou mayest do it. Okay. Now, and in your heart also means that You've gotten the word of God so much, you've read it so much, and you've prayed it so much that it's deep within your spirit that you know it, which goes beyond a head knowledge. It goes beyond an intellectual understanding of the word of God. And this is where we miss the mark so many times, so many Christians. So many Christians think that if I read the, 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 uh, the, the Holy Bible from Genesis to Revelation, read that through, you know, you know and, and memorize the words, <laughs> you know, you know, some people are very, have very, very gifted minds that they can memorize huge, huge, huge pieces of information. You know, I mean, you can memorize, you know, the entire Bible, possibly someone could. But if you don't have it in your heart and the heart is referring to the spirit of man, if you don't have that word in your heart, then it's not going to do you any good. Okay, I have not, I'll be honest with you, I have not memorized the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation, but I will tell you this, whenever I need the word of God in a, in a given situation, be it a stressful situation or a blessing situation or praying for someone, the necessary scripture bubbles up from my heart and comes out of my mouth so that those scripture verses come back to mind, they come back to remembrance because I don't have the word of God committed to my mind intellectually. I have the word of God committed to my spirit. 
And because of the fact that it's in my spirit and Holy Spirit is in me, then Holy Spirit works with my spirit to bring forth the, the right words at the right time. This is what I'm talking about here. Okay. This is really walking in the spirit and having the word of God within your heart. And you too can be there. I am, I am no different than anyone that may be hearing this message. I am no different. It, the only fact might be maybe is that I literally believe, I literally believe everything that the word of God says. I don't get into a whole lot of intellectual gymnastics over, well, this says that and this said that and the council of this said this and some organization said this. What is the word of God saying to me? If I don't understand the words and Holy Spirit, enlighten me. Let me know what, what is meant by the scripture. And the Holy Spirit will tell you. He will illuminate your mind so that you will indeed understand what those words mean. This is getting the word of God in your heart. So get it out of your head, get out of the, the religious, quote unquote, the religious intellectualism of, in studying the word of God. Okay, the word of God is not, un, not understood by intellect. It, this is spiritual revelation. And until you get to point, the point of really knowing that and understanding it, then you will never really get to really fully grasp what the word of God is saying to you. How you can read one chapter in the word in the Bible there one particular day and then a, a weeks later, days later, hours later, even you read that same chapter and all of a sudden you'll get a deeper not, and another revelation out of those words because it is a living word. It's alive and it cannot be grasped with intellectual understanding, man's intellectual understanding. It's a spiritual thing. Amen. It's a spiritual thing. Okay. All right. So again, 14, verse 14, but, but, but the word is, is very nigh thee, unto thee, in thy mouth, in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and death, life and good, death and evil. See, I have set before thee this day life and good, death and evil. Okay. So this day, this day that you are hearing this message. Is being set before you this day, life and good, death and evil, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. Okay? All right? Read this again. In, in that I command thee, I command thee this day, God is commanding you this day to love the Lord thy God, walk in his ways to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments that you may live and multiply. You want to live and multiply? You want to live and be prosperous? Then what do you have to do? Okay. That, that you keep the word, a word of God and that you love the Lord thy God to walk in his ways, keep his commandments. Okay. And then he says, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou go to possess it. Okay, so if you're doing that, then God's going to bless you. Bottom line, God's going to bless you. You keep his commandments. You love the Lord thy God. God's going to bless you. Verse 17, but, online that word, but, but if thine heart turn away, if you turn away so that thou wilt not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, okay, He's wanting that. Don't be drawn away. Don't so, so says you, you don't hear. And you wind up worshiping other gods and serving them. And I told you before, worshiping other gods does not mean that you have little idols, you know, little statues set up in your house or anything like that, that you're bowing down and worshiping. No, it doesn't mean that. You can wind up worshiping a whole lot of things and turn them into gods with a little G. 
I talked about that before, about the guy who loves that 54 Chevy so much that he's been restoring his garage, that that 54 Chevy and restoration and working on it and everything keeps him out of church, keeps him out of prayer, keeps him from reading his Bible. He puts that first, let me go and spend some time on this car. You know, then that becomes an idol. That becomes a God where you wind up worshiping it because you wind up turning away. 17 again, but if thine heart turn away so that thou wilt not hear, but shall be drawn away, not here, but shall be drawn away. How many people wind up not going to church because other things come up that are more important? How many people don't spend time in prayer because other things come up that are more important? Or someone else comes to the door. Someone else gives you a phone call. Someone else sends you a text message that I just gotta, gotta get into this text and just figure this thing out instead of spending time with God and going to church and worshiping him. If you wind up being drawn away, but shalt be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that you shall surely perish and that you shall not prolong your days upon the land whither thou passest over Jordan to go possess it. Okay? So if you do those things, you get pulled away, then you're not going to wind up prospering. You're not going to possess that land that God wants to give you. And again, you've heard me talk again about, about the, the, the promised lands that we all wind up going through uh, uh, in multiple stages in our lives. A promised land is something that you've been really, really praying for, really, really hoping for. And up until now, it seemed like it's uh, uh, unachievable. Okay, But God has said to you, this is what I'm going to give to you. This is, this is where you're going to wind up being. This is where you wind up being. Okay, And when that happens, when you get to that place, when you get to that point in time, then all of a sudden you realize, gee whiz, there's such joy in your heart. You realize that I have arrived in my promised land. I have arrived in my promised land. Amen? Amen. So this is what he's saying there. Okay. Verse 18 again, I denounce unto you this day that you shall surely perish, that you shall not prolong your days upon the land whither thou passest over to Jordan to go possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose a life that both thou and thy seed may live. Highlight or underline that whole scripture there. 19. I go heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death. Life and death God is setting before you to make a choice. Blessing and cursing, he set it before you. Therefore, choose life that thou, that, that both you and your seed may live. Don't let your faith be poisoned. Hang on to these words. These words are indeed for sure. Are, they are a sure thing. Let the devil plant any seeds of doubt that will bring fear into your faith to poison it, to get you away from what you just read here. It says there, verse 20, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God and that thou mayest obey his voice and that thou may cleave unto him. That means hold on tightly unto him, for he is your life and the length of thy days. God is your life and the length of your days. That is a sure thing. This is where your faith should rest, where you know, you know, you know that what you've just read is indeed true. Poisoned faith is that faith where you start doubting what these words are saying. Poisoned faith is that where you, again, you start having so much faith that something is going to go wrong in your life that you're not going to be able to succeed. That's poisoned faith. There's still faith, but it's poisoned faith. It's the wrong kind of faith for us to have as children of the living God. Don't let your faith become poisoned. Verse 20 again, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God and that thou mayest obey his voice and that thou mayest cleave unto him, hang on tightly to him, for he is your life 
and the length of your days, and that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give them. And we continue through into verse uh, Deuteronomy 31. We're going to read a few scriptures here. And Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel. And he said unto them, I am 120 years old this day. I can no more go out and come in. Also, the Lord has said unto me, thou shalt not go over this Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will go over before thee and he will destroy these nations from before thee and thou shalt possess them. And Joshua, he shall go over before thee as the Lord has said. And the Lord shall do unto them as he did to Sihon and Og, kings of the Amorites, and unto the land of them whom he destroyed. And the Lord shall give them up before your face, that you may do unto them according unto all the commandments which I have commanded you. Verse 6. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. I say to you today, based on these words, be strong and of good courage. Don't have any fear. Don't be afraid of them. them. Don't be afraid of anything that's going on in your life that seems threatening to you. Whether it takes the form of a person, a situation, circumstances that's going on, do not be afraid of it. Be strong and have a good courage and do not have fear. Do not let your faith become poisoned over what the devil tries to whisper into your ear, what the devil tries to put before your faith, your face telling you that you're going to fail, you're not going to succeed. Do not. Stand strong. Be strong and have a good courage, okay? Fear not, nor be afraid of them, for the Lord thy God, he it is that does go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Understand that and underline it, highlight it, get it deep within your spirit. He will not fail you, nor will he forsake you. That is is, is true, pure, crystal water, if you will, faith. Okay, It's not the poison, darkened waters of, of disbelief and fear. That's poison faith. Do not let your faith become poison. Believe what the word of God is saying to you. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, be strong and of a good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Highlight or underline all of that. Okay, this is what keeps our faith from becoming poison. Don't let the devil get in there and put all sorts of other thoughts contrary to what the word of God is saying in your mind, thereby poisoning your faith. When one speaks of poison, you think of antidotes. What antidotes do we have? We have the name of Jesus. His name is the most powerful antidote in medicine for anything in the universe. Okay, every knee shall bow to Jesus. Every knee, every devil, every demon. Every circumstance that comes into your life, every negative person, everything will bow at the name of Jesus. That's the most powerful antidote that we have. When Satan tries to plant doubt and fear in your mind, literally rebuke that thought or feeling in the name of Jesus. Remember that God has not given you a spirit of fear. Fear is of the devil. Don't focus on all that could go wrong or that might go wrong, but focus on all that will go right based on the promises of God. Don't be like those people that just think and believe everything is going to go wrong. It's such a negative Nancy, as they say, you know, where everything in life is always going to go wrong. That's fear in the fact that things will. I mean, that's faith in the fact that things will go wrong. You don't want that kind of faith, believing that everything will go wrong. Not at all. You have faith in what God is saying is true. We have the name of Jesus Christ to use. We have the authority given to us to use his name. 
Guard your waters of faith so that there are no opportunities for it to become poisoned and turn into fear. Guard them. Carefully guard them. Pray about what's going on in your life and you're going on into a new endeavor, into this new season here and God will be giving you new assignments. As I said before, whatever comes down the pike, go into that knowing that God is with you. Do not be discouraged. Do not be fearful. Do not let your faith become poisoned. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And if it was, by all means, why don't you pass off the, the link to where we can be reached. That's www.genesis1.sermon.net www.genesis1.sermon.net and if you look at the top of the page you'll see a subscribe button click on that subscribe button and you'll be notified automatically when these new messages are available Uh, we're also on youtube that's genesis one christian ministries and of course we have our free apps for android phones and apple devices as well and those apps can be downloaded free of charge from their respective um Play stores, okay, for Android and Apple devices. No, no cost for for anything. There's no charge for anything that we put out there on on um, on the internet. Not at all. Uh, you're free to download these messages. By the way, you can download them in the video form here, or you can download only the audio portion if you want. Either one. Again, free of charge for you to play back uh, later on or to pass on. You know, they're free to pass on. Everything here is free. You know, we don't copyright things and say don't do this and don't do that with it pass it around I just want the word of god to cover the entire earth okay and also if you're in salem oregon by all means stop by and visit us uh we hold sunday services at 10:30 a.m and we're at 2651 commercial street southeast in uh in salem oregon it's in the candelaria section there of salem and uh, just come on by and join us. Come by to, to worship with us and to pray with us. We'll pray with you, pray for you, and so on. And uh, just come on by and enjoy the Lord with us. We'd love to have you, love to see you. Amen, amen. So, so praise God. I hope this word is, has, has helped you today. Uh, uh, think about, pray about what you've heard here, and let the Lord lead you, okay, in terms of where he wants you to go. Amen, amen. Let us close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God, and I pray that that every single listener out here today will, will keep their, these words deeply rooted within their spirits that they cannot be stolen away by the evil one should he come against them in their lives, O Lord God. Let them come to strongly and firmly know, O Lord God, that you are Lord God Jehovah and that everything that you say is absolutely true. Let them be so strong that they, they do not let their faith in you become poisoned, O Lord God, by the evil one. Let them be strong and do not let their faith, O oh Lord God, be poisoned by, but by fear and doubt and anything that the devil would try to plant in their minds, O oh Lord God. Protect them, watch over them, O oh Lord God. Give them a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit, I pray, O oh Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Okay, praise God and go forth and be blessed. And remember always that Jesus is Lord.